Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host, Tug Coker. Hello, Andy. Good evening, Mr. Coker. Shout out to Joe Prano, sitting in his seat, keeping it warm till he comes back. Joe, hurry back so we can talk about the Giants going to lock up the number two pick in next year's draft. Where are they right now? Number two. The Bengals, your old Bengals, have a two-game lead on the rest of the NFL. A commanding. Commanding two-game lead. So I I think they're going to play hard to win one game. They can't can't go over. Knowing they full well still have a chance to get the the number one seat pick and win a game. They've got to do it. It's got to be the Dolphins, right, at Miami. I think look look up we have twerks here. So if you could look up the Bengals remaining schedule, I know they still have, I believe, the Jets and also the Dolphins, but I want to know where those games are being played, because that's important. What do we have here? They're be in the Jets. They are playing the Jets next week at home. Then they're playing the uh the Browns in Cleveland. Then the Patriots are coming to Cincinnati. <laughs> be a tra- trap game. <laughs> yeah. And then they uh, go to Miami, and then they finish off with a home game against the Browns. When's that, when's that Miami game? What's the date on that? December 22nd. There it is. Which game is that? December 22nd, Miami. And I'm sorry, that's in South Beach or is that Cincinnati? That's in Miami, yeah, South Beach. I'm, the ones I'm looking at are Miami and the last game of the year if the Browns are out of a playoff hunt. A meaningless Ohio game. A meaningless Ohio game. It does mean something to Cincinnati. Nah, it doesn't. You got to win one. You can't, like... Join the Lions, man. The Lions, baby. Detroit. Didn't the Browns do it? Oh, yeah. The Browns just did it. Yeah. Or no, they won one game. They They didn't win a game? Thank you. Thank you, Twerks. By the way, uh, I am wearing the official XFL shirt. Uh, I'm a coach in the XFL. Congratulations. I'm also wearing a, it's not XFL related, my Xavier hat. I've never worn this. I've had it for six months. So I'm in full X gear. You just didn't have anything to pair it with. No. And you're like, what goes great with a, a Xavier hat? An XFL golf shirt. Shout out to Dan Doal. Doe. I don't know how your name's pronounced, bro. But he works now for the New York Guardians. As I hold this up for the camera, they are the New York XFL team. I love it. And uh, I love this, Doug, because now we have a dirt ball, Nick Yardley, who works at the Saab Poodles, the AA affiliate for the Padres in Amarillo. And now we have the XFL. I love it's very dirty sports-esque to not have people who work for pro teams, not like, you know, Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, we have the minor league and now the XFL, which is basically the minor league. Oh, NFL. don't tell Dan that. It's an emerging market team. Yes. I, I like – Torx, can you look up who the uh, the quarterback is for the New York team in the XFL? 
I'm excited to get behind this team as well. There's a lot of guys that are sort of like, you know, had a cup of coffee in the NFL. Yeah, there is. And, and there's some guys who were, who were pretty good at the collegiate level as well. Plenty of guys. So shout out to Dan for sending us some gear. I'll be honest, man, next time, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a little needy. Send me a hat. I'm wearing the Xavier hat. It's, it doesn't, it almost, you, I feel like you almost took a diss at Xavier being like, what goes well at the XFL? The Xavier hat. I just feel like um, the, the Xavier. I just don't love the Xavier X. I don't. I don't know. It's just not my thing. I know. I know how much it means to you. They've changed it over the years. They took an L tonight. I, I had that on the top TV. They lost tonight. They lost to Florida in the finals of the Charleston Classic. That's going to come back to bite them in uh, Selection Sunday. Joe Lenardi's not going to like that <laughs> uh, loss. <laughs> you know what I love. And, you know, Prano obviously is in Tahoe and then he goes to New York. But I love that we can actually even just attempt to mention college basketball with you being here. I'm, I'm looking. I'm a does Prano know who Lenardi is? I mean, I'm sure he does. I mean, it's someone he can make fun of. But uh, I actually think you look quite uh, debonair in your coach's gear. Don't know what that means, but I'll take it. Yeah. It looks like something you'd mis- you'd mispronounce. Yeah. No, like like hyperbole, which got a lot of love on social media. Hyperbole. Uh, <laughs> but we're hyped up. You have to admit, we came in pretty hot tonight because you, there's some top secret stuff going on. Real quick. Yeah. I see Aaron. Yes, ha- give it to me. You have the XFL New York Guardians quarterback. Who is it? The quarterback is Matt McGloin. Oh, former Raider. Great. Former Raider, yeah. Went to Penn State, I believe, right? Yeah, Penn State. Penn State and a Raider, a legend. He might have his number retired. Yeah. Uh, when when the the stadium is finally built in Las Vegas, he might be in the Ring of Honor. <laughs> I think he tried. I think he played in the Thanksgiving game against the Cowboys once. Um, I, he threw fourteen interceptions. <laughs> probably, probably. I think they might have won that game. But um, speaking of the Raiders, that's a great natural segue. Okay. Well, I want, I want to talk about why we're heat. We're so heated. Okay. Not, not really why, but 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 everyone should know before we get into the Raiders stuff. But off air, there's a lot of energy between Andy and I looking at some videos, doing some deep dives. There's some great things in the works. So, Oh, do not jinx anything, please. I'm not going to. Okay. I'm just saying uh, I got to, a chance, an opportunity to look at some old footage of pre-light, post-light dirty sports. No, no, you saw dirty sports where the couch was over here. My walls were white. You want to hear something funny yeah. of that clip you saw? Earlier that day, I can tell you about that. That was February of 2017. Joe, myself, met you and Tommy Dewey oh, at, at, barbecue. at Clutch Barbecue yeah, yeah. on Lincoln Boulevard. <laughs> amazing. That's amazing. I, I, I can't actually believe So I did an episode or two of the, of the show over there before there was lights. And like, I've always th- thought it was sort of this. Um, it looked like this. But there was a different a prehistoric version of dirty sports i mean my apartment the mayor used to always call it the insane asylum because <laughs> all the walls were just white i had nothing on them He's like, you look like a lunatic transformation yeah it, it's uh it's changed I, I think at that point you had only done the show once in december that's right that's right i was trying to think when did when did when did the tug like when did the bonding moment come when did like the coronation of Tug Coker. I'll tell you the, the the three things, and then we'll hop into the NFL. But we did the, the podcast as a guest because we we're promoting season one, and now we're talking. 
Then you, me, Joe, and Tommy met at Clutch. But I also did um, an episode with you. The first time I co-hosted was for for March Madness, pre-March Madness, downtown. Oh, that's right. At an old studio that you were using. That was a whole five-episode studio off (laughs) or something. On a Sunday. Um, So, yeah. We were we were outside the smut studio. We were on location. Yeah. And so and then then, it all, and then you're like, hey, this guy. Um, this guy's good. This guy knows a thing or two. I knew you were good the minute you did the show the first time. Well, thank you so much. But it's not about me. It's about Joe Prano and the New York Giants. But t- tough day, except with the exception of the Redskins. Tough day for the NFC East. Tough season for the NFC East. It really is not. It's not fun to watch. You said that to me off air. So let's go ahead and get right into the NFL. Where do you want to go? You want to go Raiders? You want to go Giants? You want to go Cowboys? Where do you want to start? Let's just bounce wherever we want. We were talking, you're talking Giants. The Giants Bears game, atrocious to watch. That was on one of my screens. I mean, you're probably one of the 100 people who watched it on TV. It was, I mean, it, it was a terrible. But we talked about last week some terrible games today. Awful. On, on scheduled games. And yeah. they turned out to be bad. Yeah, there were some real bad games today, and uh, that was one of them. And I didn't realize until you had said that the Giants are the number two pick. Um, at this point, you want to be the number two pick, I'd assume. I'm, I'm kind of, I mean, I mean, I don't want to bring fantasy into it, but I have Saquon in, in a, a playoff team. I, I got a feeling they're going to shut him down, right? Like, what's the point of playing Saquon Barkley when you want when you, when you want the number two pick and you? You have no chance of making the playoffs. I think in honor of Joe Prano, they should also shut down Daniel Jones, put Eli on the field, and literally sacrifice him to the gods. <laughs> yeah, they should. Have Eli become the first person to ever die on the field. Then he is guaranteed a Hall of Fame uh, spot in Canton. You know how they do Star Wars? You know how they do in Carbonite? Are you, are you familiar with this? You know, Han Solo goes in Carbonite. Um, hello. Not only am I familiar with this, uh, sh- hey, dirt balls. when Andy and I were in Vegas... I have a bu- another buddy, uh, Meb Faber, uh, who is who, who, shout out to Meb. Shout out to Meb, who thinks he's one of the great Star Wars trivia legends. So Andy and Meb went on a, tri- a Star Wars trivia off, and I finally realized the depths of Andy's nerddom. So I am familiar, familiar, not as familiar as you. I haven't built a, like a carbonite mausoleum over here for yourself. Well, that's what I'm thinking they should yeah. do to Eli. <laughs> so if Eli dies on the field, or even if he doesn't die, because a lot of people don't know, when you're in Carbonite, you're actually not dead. So Han Solo was never dead, right? You should know that if you watched Return of the Jedi. So they should kind of, when he gets sacked and he can't move on the field and he's just lying there, half awake, they should put him in Carbonite and then take his body like they took Han Solo to Jabba the Hutt and put him in Canton forever. And I love this. I love this. And Joe Prano can guard it. He can be, you know how in, in uh, London, what are those guards called? A beef eater. The guards at, uh, for the presidential palace? or, or a Bobby? You want to call them a, a beef eater? Is that I think what they're, they're called? called? Beef eaters, yeah. Prano will be the beef eater wearing one yeah. of those hats, guarding Eli. Maybe there's another name for it. But yeah, I actually think that, that if we do do that in Canton, though, Prano will pull a Princess Leia and he'll release, he'll release Eli. Can you imagine? And Prano? Eli will fall into Joe's arms. <laughs> Only like, and then we need a Joe in the bikini. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that? Where is that? A photo. We're still or, waiting on the the J Lloyd Photoshop of the of the Stash Brothers mocking the Bash Brothers. 
I mean, yeah. I mean, we got some. We're 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 lining up some great stuff. This, by the way, this is classic. Tug's like, we got to keep this short tonight. We're we're about ten minutes into the show, knee deep in a Star Wars analogy with Joe and Eli Manning. I think I think Durballs are gonna love it. Um, but to bring it back to to the draft order, I've got it right here. If the draft were to be today, Bengals at one, they're zero and eleven. Now we have Giants, Dolphins, and Redskins in that order, all at two and nine. Broncos and Falcons are five and six, at, uh, are the number five and number six at three and eight, and then finally we have the Lions in this with the seventh pick at three, seven, and one. Oddly enough, right next to the Cardinals, who they tied with earlier in the year. So there you go. The draft order right now, if it started today, Bengals, Giants, Dolphins, Redskins, Broncos, Falcons, Lions, Cardinals. Poor Joe Burrow to go from the Bayou Bengals to the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengal for life. Yeah. And Joe Burrow grew up in Ohio. He's from Athens, which is the, the southeast side of the state. It's like in the middle of nowhere. It's where Ohio. Ohio U. Good, good, Tug. Look at you going deep. I was born in Ohio. You, you, you were? Yeah, Dayton, Ohio. I feel like you've been holding this from I us. No. We're Ohio brothers? That's right. Bro. Come on. This, this is this has taken our relationship to a whole new level. I know. I, I, I'm, I didn't want to bring it out, but I have to keep, uh, you know. You ever, you ever been to University of Dayton Stadium? It's, it's historic. That's why they always do the opening game there. It's I've got, never been there. It's got a history. I know Dan Patrick played there. Yeah. Or whatever. Another, another Ohio legend. Dan Patrick from Mason, Ohio, right outside of Cincinnati. Well, to, just to con- complete the circle of Ohio possibilities, Chase Young might be the one or two pick out of Ohio State. So A- Absolute animal. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you either want to go uh, you know, quarterback or you're going to go defensive end. Now, the Bosa boys are showing you why you might want to think about defense. I mean, Nick Bosa has been awesome this year. Amazing. As, as the number two pick. So... Who, I mean, I'm in, I'm excited to see where. How do the Bengals not go with a quarterback? I mean, they've they've, they've quit on Andy Dalton. They've got to go quarterback, right? Yeah. Unless they want to bring Cam Newton in. But why would Cam want to go there? I don't know. You know what I said to somebody on the street the other day? I was wearing. I mean, I don't even know. I've had, I've had two random people come up to me now wearing a Reds hat, which I found interesting. I had a guy come up to me the other day, and I was walking down Rose, you know, Rose Avenue in Venice. Of course. And he was at a restaurant. And I was wearing my Reds hat, and somebody just yells out, Yo, Reds, are you a real Reds fan? And I said, yeah. And I said, it's been a tough tough for a while. And he said, yeah. And then he goes, Bengals. And I go, no. And he goes, yeah. And I go, and I said this in front of people. And after I said it, I realized, I was with my friend, and she's like, I wouldn't say that in front of people. I said, I hate Mike Brown. The only way that I'll root for the Bengals is if we, mafia style, take out and murder the Brown family. And I'm saying this in front of like strangers who are sitting having dinner, then I realized, <laughs> did I just call for a hit on the Bengals? Not just the owner. I literally said the entire family needs to be whacked. You're in front of Cafe Gratitude, the <laughs> vegan vegetarian restaurant. I was. I was. <laughs> how did you know? I was right. I was right by Cafe Gratitude, talking about. They're like they 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 drop your they drop their plate in front of the guests and they say you are humble, you are honest. And then Annie's like, I want to kill some people. <laughs> I'm talking about taking out a, a sports franchise's entire family. I, I use the word murder. I go, we need to murder the entire Brown family. And that's at that point the guy was like, yo, man, I don't know, I, I don't know you anymore. I shouldn't have talked to you. Yeah, exactly. Welcome to the life of a Cincinnati Bengals fan, bro. 
Oh gosh, so frustrating. Right. I mean, they they had a chance today. They had a chance today. Boyd drops a, a, a another fumble. Fumble issues with uh, with Boyd and um, then the duck came and in. The duck came in. You you knew that that it was over when the when the duck comes in. You got no shot. Do we think is he the new Minshew? I I feel like we need to put Minshew back in again. We're all over the place, so yeah. I mean, I I, I agree with you. By the way, let me ask you because you brought up the duck when we're talking the Steelers. We have to we have to address it. What percent? And obviously, it's coming from two white guys, so like I'm not going to really stick my neck too hard out on this. What percent do you think Mason Rudolph said something racist though? I I mean I agree. I'm not going to stick my neck. I I. I I, I, I'm not gonna put a percentage on it. I think there's a possibility because I have two. I have two opinions on it. Well, you and I have been texting about it a little bit. Not, you know, I think it certainly is a possibility. But then my my main feeling is why did not why did not why did Miles Garrett not point that out immediately? Yeah, in the post game interview now or, he, or whatever. Now he does say something in the post game where he says, like they'll go back and look at the tape. He did say that. I have two, like, theories on it. Let's hear them. One is, there's microphones everywhere. Every single person is mic'd up. The NFL hears it. Two, they heard it. They do. He did say something racist, and they don't want to address it because how bad does it make the NFL look? You have a starting quarterback dropping, like, a racial slur in the middle of a game where there was already so much traction and heat for. Do you know what I'm saying? That's just dumping gasoline on this whole situation. They say there's nothing racist, and they try to move on. I don't think there was anything. I think, in my opinion, if he says something racist, are his teammates going to have his back that much who are black? Not only that, his coach. I mean, I just feel like the word would have maybe gotten back to Coach Tomlin. Yeah. And Coach Tomlin would have disciplined him in some way or, or, or whatever. But, uh, again, it's, it's possible, but... Um, I just the, the facts don't seem to point in that direction at the moment. Yeah, which was you know made for a lot of uh, juicy Smollett memes. I mean that's what James Thrash. He, James Thrash was the adjudicator. He 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 he, he assessed the, the the suspension to Miles Garrett, former. Well, was he an Eagle? Maybe a Redskin. James Thrash. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Good call there, Tug. I actually had a, a follow-up thought and question uh, about the whole situation. So do you think any of uh, this speculation around him potentially saying something uh, racial factored into Tomlin's decision to pull him today? No. Zero. <laughs> but, I mean, Shut zero. don't you think it seemed nope. kind of fast? No. Nope. He hasn't. I mean, he's Cut played worse before this game. Yeah, I'm cutting his mic. Fast. <laughs> fast. Aaron, he's played terrible for weeks the the Steelers have not been winning games. What they won four out of the last five or whatever it is. It has nothing to do with their offense. It's one hundred percent on that defense. It's played well. So yeah, I mean that that's a hot. That's like a Skip Bayless seven a.m. before noon or whatever these shows are called. Take <laughs> up before noon. The show before noon before coffee. Uh, but I, I like playing out the idea. Uh, uh, Twerks this idea. It's like, um, guys. Um, Mason said something racist. This is Coach Tomlin talking. Yeah. Mason said something racist. We're still going to give him the start. 
but he's on a very short leash. <laughs> so if he plays past halftime and struggles, then we're going to bench him. I'm not saying t- <laughs> I'm not saying Tomlin knew. I'm saying as his thought process, he's like Rudolph is playing bad, and in the back of his mind, he's like, you know what? Fuck this racist guy. I'm pulling him. I don't. Even, and it's all speculation, but in the back of his mind, he's thinking like, you know what? Like. My leash is already worn thin with this guy. He might be racist. Fuck him. He's out. This is what I love about Aaron, by the way. Aaron does great work for us, as I've stated. But his some of his takes. I mean, you guys will shit on my takes. His food takes. He he posted a picture. We have to address that real quick. Aaron posted a picture last week, Tug, of just a tortilla. Oh, you told me about this. With shredded cheese, not melted shredded cheese, salsa on top of that, and claimed that was better than the non-sauce cheese pizza from Abbott's Pizza, which I don't know if you have at Abbott's. It's pretty good. Aaron, you, you're getting you're getting some backlash from the Dirtball fam because they're starting to realize your takes are pretty bad, bro. I think a lot of people didn't realize I was 100% trolling with that uh, poor man's Lunchable that I posted, but people took it seriously. And poor it was, man's uh, Lunchable. You're trolling, I just, you're trolling Abbott's Pizza. I just rolled with it <laughs> with my Twitter pig. Yeah, I just rolled with it. He's, tro- yeah, he's trolling Abbott's Pizza. <laughs> No, I was trolling and people like think I was I meant I was literally gonna eat a fucking tortilla with sauce and cold cheese on it. Well you drink seltzer water with alcohol. They probably equate you to eating that thing you posted. So are we going to the uh, are we going to the Ravens game tomorrow, Twerks? Are you in? Yeah. Well seems when you told me about the idea, I was I was so excited. I was uh, drunk at a friend's giving and uh, which night is this? This was um, this was Friday night. I love it. That's that's Prano's equivalent of me doing Halloween forty times. He's drunk at a friend's giving six days before Thanksgiving. So, are are what's your situation like? You can just be honest with me for the game. Oh, I'm looking to go. Okay, for sure. So, so three of us should go, and I'm gonna get those tickets on SeatGeek, the official ticket app sponsor of the show, guys. Monday Night Football. There is some bad news. The Shabellis are not tailgating, which is a bummer. Well, that's why I said looking to go. I was I was a hundred percent going, and then you told me about the tailgate not happening, and it, and, and it went to probable. Yeah, so you you were downgraded. Yep. To probable. Yep. Well, I looked on SeatGeek, and here's the best part: tickets are as low as thirty five dollars. Monday Night Football, Lamar Jackson against the Rams defense. Monday Night Football, Dirt Balls. I love SeatGeek. It's ha- it has over fifty thousand five stars five star reviews. There we go. Um, if you haven't used SeatGeek, you should because they will give you $10 off on your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use our promo code. So download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code DIRTY for $10 off on your first purchase. That's promo code DIRTY for $10 off on your first purchase. Uh, I'm going, and, and I'm thinking that Aaron will come over, and then we'll take the train and then uh, head down. And I'm excited. I'm excited to see Lamar live. I, I want to pivot that to... The other frontrunner for MVP, who did not have a good game today, my boy, Russell Wilson. It's the worst game of the year. Now, they won, but he had some bad throws. The, the, it, was not, it was an ugly game. Very ugly game. It was an game. ugly game, and I, you know, last week I, I called the Seahawks a paper tiger, uh, as well as the Packers. We'll get to that in a moment. Um, and the Seahawks continue to win, but they... I still have concerns about this team. Um, I think their defense is getting a little bit better. Yes. Um, which is uh, obviously great, but they're they're also playing against some offenses that that are not impressive. Like Wentz has, Wentz is not looking great. 
they have no skill players outside right now. Ever since they lost Deshaun Jackson very early in the year, they don't. They this kind of lack explosion. No Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders on my fantasy team, just fine. Alshon Jeffrey didn't play today. Alshon Jeffrey didn't play. It was basically like the uh, Ertz, a little bit of Goddard show, but like Ortega Whiteside. I think that's his name. Yeah, and you know Aguilar didn't play. So yeah, it's just it was just it was an ugly game. And 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 but despite that, they the the Seahawks dominated. The Eagles defense kept them in the game. They did. I mean, it was a one score game for a long time, and what was a, a lopsided game. So yeah, there's some bad plays by Russell Wilson had an open uh, touchdown. The tight end, forty eight, I think. Yeah, what's his name? I know. He's playing for uh, Look up the, the tight end's name. It's like it's not Disley because he's hurt for the year. Hollister, thank Th- you. There Jacob we go. Hollister, yeah, uh, missed a wide open Hollister. Uh, Lockett only had, I believe, one catch on the day. Huge catch though at that big, point big, of the game. Carson, uh, Chris Carson fumbled again. Back to back plays. Did you, did you yeah. know it was back to back plays? Yeah, like, yeah. We got his, we got the first one back. Fumbled the very next play. Um, Wentz had two fumbles, I think, at yeah. least one. And just it's just a sloppy game, and I think like. You know, again, Russell Wilson's awesome. I think he's the first player. There's a, some stat out there: the first player to uh, quarterback to lead his team to um, above 500 seasons his first nine years. Or is um, it eight? I think this is his eighth year. Or eighth year then? Yeah. First eight years. Yeah. So yeah, that was a good. That's a good tug nug. Yeah. Ian Rappaport tweeted that. Yeah. Thank you. So. Yeah, scrolling through that, that was pretty cool to see. So I'm, 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 I'm closer to you than than Joe as far as you know Russell Wilson being great. And by the way, th- th- that that to me epitomizes him. Yeah, I agree. L- like at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who it is, Ross or whoever. If you've had a quarterback on a team for eight years, all different types of teams, and they always at least win nine games, I, I, j- I just don't know what else you want. Like. Any organization would love that. Agree, and I think that my my fear with the Seahawks is a game like today, where you play someone that can score, and I think that again, I think the coaching is still a liability on this team. Um, I like the trick play, though. I do like the trick play. He threw a dime on only, that pass. They only put seventeen on an Eagles team that is that is been you, you've been able to throw on throughout the year. So he had some bad passes, and I'm, and again, I'm not. Making excuses. There was also some bad drops. Yeah, there was a bad drop. Uh, DK Mac- Metcalf. Metcalf. Yep, yep, bad drops. But um, but we'll they see. but they. But you, here's the thing about the Seahawks. Under Carroll, they just win, man. Like they're nine and two. They're a game back of the 49ers. They play again. Got some challenging games coming home. They got Minnesota. Their entire schedule is challenging. On Monday night football next week. They play the Niners again. Arizona. They play the Rams again. In L.A. So, and also I think the Niners have the most difficult schedule coming home. So that's going to be very interesting to watch those two games. And as far as the Eagles go, it's a, it's a, it's a bad loss. They've lost to the Patriots and the Seahawks in back-to-back weeks, weeks. But it really still comes down to assuming they beat the Dolphins next week and a couple other chippies against the Cowboys. In a few weeks. Where do you sit, Tug, with Carson Wentz? Because I think I've made my point of, like, he's in a bad spot because of what Nick Foles did, not once but twice with this team, where 
I watch today's game, and I feel like he's pressing. The the Carson Wentz from the year they won the Super Bowl is nowhere near that Carson Wentz now. In my opinion, nowhere near. Well, they're missing one key factor in Frank Reich that I think is a big deal. I think that the offense has not been the same since he left. And as much as we love Doug Peterson and think he's a good coach, I think they're missing a little of the ingenuity that Frank Reich brought to that offense. So where do we put Wentz then is my question. Like, where do you view him as a quarterback? I think he's still a top 15 quarterback. I mean, I think he's above medium pizza. Yeah, I'd agree at top 15. Um, I'm not putting him in top 10 right now. No, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. They're, 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 they're five and six. or Five and six. Yeah. They haven't had a winning record since. In his starts, they haven't had a winning record. Their, their biggest win of the year was, was against the Packers in Lambeau. Yeah. And we don't know what the Packers are. I mean. I know what they are. Well, yeah. yeah. Tell they, me what they are. They're a paper tiger. I agree. But we'll get I'm, to that in a minute. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. To, I'm ready to make a hot take, and I, it's gonna. Ooh, when Prano hears this, he's gonna be steaming. Do you want to do it right now? Let's do it. Okay. The Vikings are a better team. Right now. I'm gonna say it again, and I'm gonna say this: the Minnesota Vikings will go farther in the playoffs than the Green Bay Packers. And this isn't just hot take, Ruther, watching them get killed by the 49ers. I've watched them all year. The offense has never really clicked all year. Their defense, again, is what's bailed them out for the most part. I happen to agree with you, obviously. I mean, I think, like I said, I don't hold them in the highest regard at this this point in time. Their, their offense is not clicking. Aaron Rodgers hasn't been great this year. Now, he usually has been better than the, you know, the weapons that he had was like, you know, in the heyday was Devontae Adams, Jordy Nelson, Cobb. They don't have any, they don't have any sort of like triumvirate of, of wide receivers this year. They have Devontae back for the first time. He scored two-point conversion. But they, they, they don't really understand how to play to their strengths. The, the, to me, one of their biggest strengths is Aaron Jones. Yeah, run the and they ball. And they, they can't figure out how to just let him be a bell cow. They keep using Jamal Williams all the time. Like, let this dude eat. Yeah, feed him. And they just can't figure out a way to make that happen at the moment. And um, I was just looking at fantasy. Like, Aaron Rodgers hasn't finished as a top five fantasy quarterback this year. Not one game? Not one game. Let me look. Let me look. No. He, he, didn't he put up a lot of numbers against the Cowboys, or am I wrong in that? Sorry, yes. Twi- twice. He's he, Week seven, he was number one. Week eight, he was number three. Otherwise, he's... Just so you guys know, this is from J.J. Zacharyson from uh, Number Fire. His fantasy finishes by week. 24th, 19th, 24th, 2nd, 22nd, 12th, 1st, 3rd, 21st, 22nd. Now, people say fantasy, who cares? But what I'm saying is if if Aaron Rodgers doesn't have the, the guys to, to get him to, into the end zone, why don't they just use the, most, the second most talented guy on their team. Yeah. All the time. I uh, don't have any confidence in LaFleur, personally. I, I still don't think there's a... Con- I, again, this is not off any evidence. This is just visually watching the games. I just don't see a symmetry or connection with Rodgers and him yet. 
the offense has been kind of sputtering, um, and I agree with you. And I, you know, I, I, I'm, I think I'm willing to go to, so far to say I think the Minnesota Vikings are a better team as well. They should have beat them. They lost to them this year in Lambeau. They yeah. should have beat them. Kirk didn't play very well. Kirk has played awesome. Kirk Cousins has played awesome the last six games of the year. Yeah. Now, do we want to trust him in the playoffs? That's another question. No. I mean, obviously, we trust Aaron Rodgers over Cousins. But the Vikings are the, their offense is just more potent. I mean, they have they have Cousins who's but even even if he's not if he's top twelve, right? Yeah. You have hopefully Thielen will be back. You have Diggs. Dalvin Cook's been unbelievable this year. Amazing. Kyle Rudolph scored twice. Yeah. Against the Cowboys. Cincinnati boy. Hey. Um <laughs> and the the one problem that the Vikings have had this year is they cannot stop the number one wide receiver on opposing teams. So if you're out there doing daily fantasy or whatever, look look against to target Tyler Lockett next week. Let's watch Tyler Lockett's uh, performance next week against Minnesota. It's gonna on, be a good on, game. On Monday night football. I agree. The Seahawks don't play. They don't play the best at home either. They did not play well at home this year. Yeah. So I was really impressed by the Niners tonight, though. I I I tell you what, man. I was telling you before the show, and I don't think enough people were talking about. It. They gave him some love tonight and gave him some airtime. Lynch has put together such a great team, especially for a guy who was not coming from that background. He was an announcer. John Lynch was a safety and then an announcer. Do you remember when they? Do you remember when he got hired? Do you, do you remember the backlash? I don't know if you remember. I I remember on social media when John Lynch was hired as the GM of the 49ers. He was there were so many jokes and oh you're hiring the announcer, you know the former Buck safety. Look what he's done. That's a dominating defense it's suffocating like I'm almost feeling watching that game watching Aaron Rodgers get hit or whoever they're playing week to week you almost have an empathy for the quarterback like the bones are just crunching I mean I think I think they're that powerful I mean I I agree with you I think if I'm looking into the you know to the future I think the Niners have a very good chance to get to the Super Bowl because I think their defense is very good. I think their coach, assuming he does, like, I think he's just as good as McVay. I mean, McVay is really, really good. And I think Shanahan is very good. And I think that that running games travel. And they have a very good running game. So even if Garoppolo doesn't blow up, like, they have the ability to, to set up run schemes that can, that can take them deep into the playoffs. That's a great point about the running games travel. Um, so Garoppolo just doesn't have to, just doesn't have to break down. If Kittle, Kittle's playing on a broken foot, there's a broken bone and there's something, right? Yeah, he had a broken bone in his foot or ankle. Yeah, somewhere. He missed the last couple weeks. So he needs to stay healthy because he's so dangerous. He he showed again tonight how dangerous he is. Scored a touchdown. Um, you know, Emmanuel Sanders needs to stay healthy. They've added some weapons because Emmanuel Sanders... Was looking good when he was healthy. Debo Samuel is playing great. Yeah, um, and I just really think he's a good coach. And I also think, um, for me right now, if I'm, if I'm doing a tier of the NFC, of course the Cowboys are number one. Um, just kidding. Uh, it's the Niners, and they they struggled today. And they should have lost today, maybe. But the, there's the Saints. I think the Saints are the Niners are one two in the in the NFC. I'm not going to argue that. Um, you know, so we'll see. But the, but the NFC is wide open. All six teams that they, are, they get in the playoffs 
have a chance to beat each other. Whereas the AFC, it feels like the bottom half of that playoff b- bracket is a sort of like Mason Rudolph could be the sixth seed. You know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> unbelievable. Or the duck. The duck. The duck will be starting next week. It's great. He'll be starting next week for sure. Ironically, Mason Rudolph threw tons of ducks, which then <laughs> handed the ball to the duck. It's funny how that works. There's actually, actually a vote in the Steelers locker room to give the name duck to Mason Rudolph. Because of the footballs he throws. <laughs> I like it. All in favor? Aye. Quack if you agree. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's talk about your Cowboys. Yeah. You, you covered. That's all I care about. You covered. Great teams cover. Which is uh, good for me in the, uh, the L-chain bet. Man. You had a couple chances. Jason Garrett not going for it is just... It's it's really unbelievable. I mean, did, how how worked up was Troy Aikman about that? I, w- I honestly wasn't listening to the, okay. ra- the radio the, to the TV, but um, Troy I, just wouldn't let it. I, die. I was texting some friends of mine, and because we always joke about, you know, there's a pretty like any any time you have a chance to take um, to 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 cut into a one score game with a field goal, you have to do it. I'm joking. Okay, I was I'm joking. Say. It's like the, 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 the field goal. And I also said, like, you're such a good actor. I'm like, is he being serious? Thank you. Well, I also said, well, what is Jason Garrett thinking? They have six points the whole game. When You haven't scored a touchdown the entire game. That's exactly what Troy was saying. Yeah. Uh, what You're not going to get another opportunity to score. Were they at the 12-yard line? Yeah. Um, but, but, but when you're a Cowboys fan, this is what you come to expect with Jason Garrett. This is why, and you, and you could, if you read some of the, uh, the, the post-game quotes, from from Jerry Jones, you could t- you could tell that he was a little peeved. Like this is the first time I've read in a while where where Jerry sounded unhappy. There was a lot of the poor case. He 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 was referencing the fact that the the coaching extends to all facets of the football team, and he was basically talking about the special teams was not ready to play today. Yeah, you know, missed field goal, which we'll talk about later. Well, between that and the blocked. Punt. Blocked punt. It's the difference in the game. Uh, uh, and, and some kickoffs where people are poorly positioned. It's just when games are that close, in the rain, pouring rain. Pouring. Now, I said this to you. like, Yes, it's frustrating loss for a Cowboys fan, but I take almost nothing away from it because games like that are anomalies. What I've learned is Dak was very uncomfortable. He started playing with like Ted, like Teddy Bridgewater with two gloves. Couldn't get a grip on the ball. You know, Brady's played in that before. I noticed that like both running games were uh, were were good. Sony Michelle was good. Zeke looked pretty good. Um, and like yeah, Cowboys lose to another um, good team te- te- team with a winning record. I expect them to beat the Bills on Thanksgiving to get their first win against above five hundred team. You're expecting it. I do. Josh Allen's playing pretty good right now. I know. I I, I have uh, I have a wager out there with a the dirt ball. Does the loser get slammed through a table? That's right. That's right. <laughs> Bill's Mafia style. Rob, Rob Eckerd. I, I feel like we're not seeing that as much this year on social media. Did, did the rest of the country finally catch up to what Joe and I have been saying forever? Like, we're fans of Bill's Mafia, but we're like, guys, come up with a new gimmick. Like, how many times could you be slammed through a table? I'm not, I'm not seeing it as much now. Have we seen um, a husband and wife uh, uh, do it for their wedding? I'm sure that's happened. The I do table slam? Well, if not, you just put it out in the universe. <laughs> Somebody's doing it. Well, 
Rob Eckert, Dirtball Rob Eckert, shout out Rob. Uh, and I have a little friendly wager uh, for Thursday, so hopefully um, hopefully I come out victorious. Is that the early or later game? It's the late game That's usually. Right. Early's always the Lions. Yeah, they, they try to make it as early as possible. <laughs> they, want, they want it done before people wake up. <laughs> the Lions game starts at 5 a.m.? I believe it's the Bears. Is it? Oh. Bears-Lions, yeah. So Trubisky. That's not you, – you, you know what that is? The Bears-Lions, we talk about medium pizzas. That's like – the spam bowl. That's like you don't get to celebrate Thanksgiving. You just eat spam. No, that's NFL tryptophan. For those of you at home, that's isn't that the uh, the the drug in Turkey that makes you fall asleep? Oh yeah, that's what it is. Is that what it is? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, the Lions Bears. It's like you want to take a snooze on your on your couch. Enjoy uh, Ryan Findley's performance. Or whoever, whoever's starting for the uh, Lions. He's, he's the Bengals. Uh, uh, Jeff Driscoll. Jeff Driscoll. Thank you. What's the uh, what's the Coker family doing for Thanksgiving? We're traveling to a friend's house. Nice, staying in town. I, I love L.A. Uh, during the holidays because everyone leaves. Have you, you ever experienced that? I love it. It's the best. It is the best. It's wide open. The streets are like you can do whatever you want. <laughs> it's an absolute pleasure to be in L.A. It really is during the holidays, and it's still it's still like low sixties. Oh yeah, it's not too cold. But you still get like what you call like a little brisk weather at night. Now we are expecting a storm, so Oh, that's right. Yeah. I don't want to put a damper on your holiday plans. I know you have a turkey bowl that you have to get to. I uh I have no plans this year, I don't think. Did the Ruther brothers have a turkey bowl every year for like fifteen years? No. You know what? We actually didn't. Wow. The, but there, there was a big differences in ages too though. That's true. Like I would get murdered. <laughs> You know, yeah, like Paul Brown, like you wanted to murder Paul Brown. Mike Brown, Paul like, Brown's uh, actually dead. <laughs> <laughs> He's and sadly, He's sadly, he was the good Brown. Oh man, you know, yeah, poor guy. Founded the Bengals and the Browns. I mean, what, what a, what, a, what a legacy for that man. Uh, but yeah, I, I will be watching the games, and and I agree. Like, I love it. You, you know, you wake up. Who, who knows? Who knows what I'm gonna do? Go for a run. You know, I also like going for like a beach run on a holiday because nobody's even out there. Yep. The whole town is just vacant. Absolutely vacant. Well, that's one of the one of the the, the few pleasures currently of being a Cowboys fan is you get to watch your team every Thanksgiving. Hopefully, we'll get it done against the Bills. But um, you know, you you saw the rumors before the oh game gosh. about the possibility of. Uh, Jason Garrett leaving his uh, one of his former teams to go coach another of his former teams. Funniest thing I've ever seen. In the New York Giants. Uh, according to Ian Rappaport, the Giants are a possible landing spot for Jason Garrett. You can't make this up. He tweeted this out today. Can you imagine what that would do to Joe Prano? You know what I love about the show, Tug, is that, you know, the, the Dirtballs, obviously, they love Prano. You know, he's our cult leader. But what's great about Prano also is they also want bad things to happen to his team to invoke a Prano rant. Like, Dirtballs wanted the Mets to hire Jessica Mendoza as their manager. <laughs> Dirtballs will all want the Giants to hire Jason Garrett as the coach. Dirty Sports was not live. When the Giants won their second Super Bowl with Eli, right? No, yeah, that was way before. So, so to my knowledge, neither Andy nor Joe has won a championship while the Dirty Sports 
uh, has existed. Correct. It's quite a drought. I mean, it's five I, about five years. Well, I mean, you guys have a few teams. I'm just saying, I don't see doing a quick look around at Joe's teams. I, there's no daylight in sight. Mets, Mets have daylight. Maybe the Mets. Yeah, but the Knicks, oh, worst boy. team in the NBA. Jesus Christ. Giants, second worst team in the NFL. Yeah. And the Mets, the Mets are the savior right now. New York Liberty is on tough times, too. <laughs> Ever since they let go of Bill Lambeer, they just haven't been the same. <laughs> it's a little deep dive for all you out good there. Good little tug now. Former coach. How did he go from being a bad boy to a WNBA coach? That's his next 30 for 30. Right? According to YouTube, you got to love YouTube comments, if LeBron went against Bill Lambeer nowadays, he wouldn't, stand, he wouldn't be able to bang with them. No. Can you imagine Bill Lambeer just putting on a uniform going in today's NBA? I'm saying, like, prime Bill Lambeer. Dude, these guys in the... And I don't want to change it to NBA, but you watch these games, man. Like, I watched the Lakers... And we talked about him last show. I watched the Lakers-Grizzlies game Saturday night. Dude, when you watch Ja Morant, you're like, what? It's it's spinning SpongeBob meme because I'm like, what just happened? I mean, another another, you know... Example is Zach Levine last night. These guys are so unlath are so great just ending to the Bulls game last night for those who were watching some NBA with a little such an ending. Cla- yeah, you, you just really see stuff like good, good as good as that. Where a quick three to cut it to two, um, and then the Bobcats inbounds the ball, turn it over. Zach Levine dribble takes one step dribble behind the three, floats in midair. And and swishes it, as time expires. Now the Bulls stink, but talk about the that's we're talking about the freak athleticism that's in the NBA right now. It's crazy. That's why people who don't actually watch the game just don't comment. You know what I'm saying? If you're not watching, like you're saying, the freakish athletic ability of these guys, which is unparalleled, it, it's just it's just amazing what these guys can do. Now, we're already talking, and obviously we'll go back to NFL. we got to bring up this, these possible NBA changes. I, I just don't understand them. If you guys haven't followed this, this, is, this would change the league forever. They're discussing making an in-season tournament like they do with soccer in Europe. Yeah, it's like a Champions League thing. I I don't quite get it. I don't either. You and I were talking about. We had to read it a couple times. the the The, the point that I think they're missing is that they want to reduce the number of games, but the but the proposal is only seventy eight games instead of eighty two. To me, that doesn't make any sense. If you want to like, if you're trying to like avoid more more load management, hurting ratings on TV. More players taking nights off, you know, on national Wednesday night, Thursday night, Sunday day games. I don't understand why why any of this would be the answer. And maybe the idea idea of reseeding is kind of cool. But I, I don't know if I like that. So I, so I don't the, think I'm on board with that either. So the idea is for people to know once you get to the conference finals, and the WNBA does this because that's a great model to follow. I mean, come on, no, like nobody's watching that. When you got to the final four teams, they would reseed it based on regular season record. So two, so the West could have two teams in the finals, essentially. I don't like that. 
And I'm not one of those like tradition. I'm not one of those people either. I have no problems with updating and changing and evolving. But I mean, I mean, there's a reason we have the Western and the Eastern conferences. I just think they should protect themselves from the load management issue. It's becoming an issue, strategic issue. Smart for the players, tough for, for the league. And how, how to make it the most entertaining. I don't really quite understand. the what, what is, Why would the players be incentivized to do a tournament in the middle of the year? Well, there is financial incentives that they might offer. These guys are already millionaires. I know, what, what are I you know, talking about? I know, and I agree with you. They're saying that there could be compensations and bonuses for this in-season tournament if you won, but... I mean, look, look, you're right. Look at the salaries of NBA guys. I mean, they make so much money anyway. I mean, Kawhi already doesn't want to play any game but the playoffs anyway. Yeah. So uh, if you win the tournament, do you automatically get the one, uh, like the one seed? I mean, wh- in what ways can you incentivize players to pl- a, a, a way, aside from money that makes them want to play in these things? I mean, it's it's cool to think about. You got something? Well, no. See, just like off your proposal, it just made me think. Like, wouldn't that also uh, disincentivize the later half of the season, whatever this post tournament is? I mean, if the bracket's already set, why why care then how you finish the rest of the season well, if it's already based off of this tournament? Well, is it? Are are we sure on that? No, no. I, I was just proposing that. I'm just saying. Like, I'm just trying to think of ways that like. I don't know. It's a big. It's a big. It's funny that that NBA is trying to tweak in the middle of what I feel is like the most popular time for the NBA. Well, the argument, and, and from what I've seen from tweets, people are claiming that the NBA ratings, and I don't know. I'm not saying that these are wrong. That the NBA ratings are down big time. And I think some of that has to do with the fact that LeBron moved west, because I think when LeBron was in the East, everyone was catching the. 7 p.m. game. It's a good point. East, East Coast time. And like, I also think, you know, Prano's always used this argument, and I agree. Guys, I don't think we fully caught up to any of the actual numbers because of streaming. The, the Nielsen rating is an antiquated system to put on how many people are watching something. How, I'm just saying, how are, how are they putting the numbers from the TNT or ESPN app into counting that. I'm literally the only person I know who has cable in LA. My my parents you and me. Yo, you have cable? Yeah. My parents are in their seventies. They're on YouTube TV now. No way. Yeah, Walt Ruther. He's obsessed. If I hear one more you see how fast this is? If I hear one more <laughs> thing about YouTube. Yeah, I got I got I got like a whole bit on it. I'm on stage now. Like my dad is obsessed with YouTube. He thinks it's like the coolest thing ever. Everything is YouTube it. You know what I love about you know what I love about my dad though? He finally got to YouTube. It took him sixteen years. But he's almost ahead of my dad, the boomer, is ahead of a lot of you millennials who are like, what is instead of just YouTubing or Googling it, like my dad is like, Wow, I can figure this out now. Yeah. You know? I'm I'm interested to see where this uh the NBA schedule thing happens. I don't think it happens in the obviously. I don't, I'm interested. They might. They want to do it 21-22, I think I saw. Yeah. Um, uh, I am currently thumbs downing it at this moment. Yeah, I, I think I am too. 
But uh, and the other, only other NBA thing I want to mention is a piggyback of last episode where we were kind of celebrating Luka Doncic. Bro. Did it again tonight. Did it again tonight. Outdueled James Harden. Had 41, 6 and 10. Beat the Rockets. I'm just going to say right now, and I don't think it's a controversial stance. Luka's, what, 20? Yep. He's going to be 21? Yep. LeBron wasn't anywhere near as good as Luka is at this age. That's not true. Okay, I'm wrong. <laughs> um, I would say they're in the same ballpark, though, because, you okay, know. Okay, okay. Le- Actually, now that I think, this would have been LeBron's third or fourth season? No, he came in. It's probably his second year. LeBron, okay, LeBron's three years younger than me. So I graduated high school in 2000, which means LeBron graduated in 2003, which means he was drafted in 2003. LeBron made the fi- NBA Finals in 2007 against the Spurs. So that would have been his fourth year? Third or fourth year, probably fourth year. Okay. But he was good. Look, look when they, they look at the youngest guys to do multiple triple doubles, there's only like five or six guys, and LeBron is one of them. So LeBron is, okay. you know, Luka's on the plane, though. That's the, that's the thing. Like, Luka's in that, on that level yeah. for a 20-year-old. He's sitting at the lunch table. He's sitting at the lunch table. That's all you want to do. Pretty impressive, for sure. I mean, quite a run for 16 games a year. Like, he's got, he's got the, the Mavs 11-5. and five. They were not good last year. And he's got, he's got something going. Yeah, fun to watch. Back to the NFL? Let's go back to the NFL. Let's, let's give some love to Frank Gore. Oh, yeah. No one's talking about this. He's now third on the all-time rushing list. He passed Barry Sanders today. The only people above him are Walter Payton, Sweetness. Wasn't that his nickname? Correct. And Emmett Smith. Bittersweetness. No, that wasn't his name. <laughs> uh, here's something that's crazy about Frank Gore. And I think this is, and I'm not saying this lightly or even jokingly, I think it's is truly inspiring. This guy is third in the all-time list. He shredded his ACL twice in college. He had season-ending injuries at the U twice at Miami. And here he is. I'm just saying, like, this whole concept of like anything being possible, th- this guy is evident. Are you, are you just Kevin Garnett? Anything <laughs> is possible! I did. I went full Kevin Garnett. But think about that. He, he shredded his knee twice. He was a third-round pick, I believe. He's now third all-time. It's pretty awesome. Very impressive. You know, there was a little... Uh, it's funny. We, we were talking about off a, a dirtball phone call last week about... Excuse me about um, the greatest running backs of all time, and the NFL did or NFL Network did release the top uh, ten their thoughts on the top ten running backs, and there was no twenty first century running back um, in the top ten list. So, no Frank Gore, no no Ladanian, no Adrian Peterson. Just thought it was interesting. Wait, so I, I saw that they didn't put Ladanian. In the top 10. All time, no. I thought, didn't they choose 12 or just 10? Maybe it was 12, but whatever. But they chose OJ. Oh, of course. Was he that good? Do you see the way? I mean, I don't don't know. I wasn't alive. 
I wasn't alive when the Great Years. I thought were. you were going to say, did you see the way he slashed <laughs> through those holes? <laughs> the guy was a, just a slasher. The way he moved those arms back and forth so swiftly. Aaron, I think we should look that he up. He was elusive. <laughs> he really was. <laughs> we're looking up OJ stats. Poor Aaron's putting OJ into Google. God knows what's popping up. That is, that's a really good point, though, Tug. Nobody in the 21st century, which is counterintuitive to the argument that Prano and I always make, the athletes are better than they've ever been, which is true. So, so oh, I do think nostalgia does play a big part and, you know, some some yardage. But yeah, there, also, there, there was a white guy on that list. That's why I was annoyed. And also the fact that there, um, I think people just seem to, there's just a weird evaluation and valuing of running backs right now where people think they're kind of dispensable after a few years. Christian McCaffrey would say different. I would, I would, like Christian McCaffrey, is a, he averages seven points more a game in fantasy than the next best running back. He's having an incredible year. How many years did OJ rush for 1,000 yards? How many times during his career? I know we're not just basing it off that, but... He rushed for over 1,000 five times. Five fucking times. I'm just saying. Five, five times. How many years did he play? And I know he went to basically... The worst place possible, Buffalo. But can, can you imagine going from USC to Buffalo? <laughs> life, life hits you fast, and it might hit you with a uh, a Ford Bronco going down the four hundred five. Okay, what else you got? So OJ played for eleven years, and five of those were over a thousand yard season. Look, uh, thousand, thousand yards rushing. You're talking about your number one OJ fan over here. I'm saying OJ being on that list is that's an abomination. I just I think it's ridiculous. He rushed for OJ rushed for a thousand yards five times. You're telling me OJ versus did he ever win an MVP? You're telling me OJ versus Ladanian Tomlinson. One of those seasons though, he did go over two thousand. That's a pretty uncommon. There was four teams. So did did Jamal Lewis. Yeah, there was four teams back then. And Chris Johnson. Didn't Adrian Peterson too? Our 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 voters blinded by his incredible performance in the Naked Gun. (laughs) <laughs> Shout out to David Zucker on that. That's yeah. Right. I mean, I think you're right. Incredible. I mean Nordberg. <laughs> <laughs> what a great movie. It's an incredible movie. It really is. I laughed. Man, I, I, that's like there's I mean, I think I told you um before, but you, you the, the movie came out when we were young. It came out in 88. So there's the, there's the classic joke where the, uh Priscilla Presley climbs the the uh, in the closet. Nice he, beaver. Nice beaver, and he goes. He goes. Thanks. I had, just had it stuffed. Yeah. And she pulls down a fake beaver. Yeah. And, I mean, I had no idea what they no were idea. talking. No, no idea. idea. What they're talking about, no, dude. You know what's so great about Naked Gun? And I re I hadn't watched it for a minute, and obviously we had the pleasure of having David Zucker on our show about I think it was about two years ago, and before we went to his house to have him on the show and interview him. I rewatched all that stuff. It's exactly what you're saying, Tug. Because I hadn't watched stuff in years. I'm like, wow, I missed so many of these amazing jokes. Yeah, yeah. What a classic. Absolute classic. So, and, and, and maybe you're right. Maybe that's that's what they're doing with the juice. Has to be. I just think he shouldn't be on there. And, and I'm just gonna say it. It's it's crazy because you think they wouldn't want to put him on there. I agree. Because of the murders, but did they do an over compensation? Does that make sense? No, not an overcompensation. I don't know. It just, it just, 
Or how about or or not? We keep saying Ladainian Tomlinson. How about Marshall Falk? He's in that wheelhouse. He won an MVP. Also going through some, uh, you know, unfortunate uh, PR issues. Yeah. So, who knows? Who knows why people vote? You know, voted for this. But uh, I, I think you know we talked about this briefly in the call. But I think in retrospect, I think Adrian Peterson has done some PR things to his own career as well. But Adrian Peterson's pretty. He didn't kill anybody. He didn't kill anybody. <laughs> this is he did not kill anybody. Allegedly. But he did hurt. Well, allegedly. I mean, who knows? I don't even get into that. No, I, no. People but, think that you know he was a you know not not the, not a great dad. Yeah, a child abuser. But this is what's so funny. We're talking about Marshall Falk or Adrian Peterson, what they did to hurt their careers PR wise. OJ killed two people allegedly. I'm just saying, like th- this. Look. Obviously, I love Bill Belichick. He's on this panel or whatever it is. Obviously, I love Chris Collinsworth, who's also, I think, maybe just the host of it. I don't, I don't know. I, I think I've DVR'd this because I actually do have the NFL Network, but we, we need to make some changes. But back to the initial point, Frank Gore, an inspiration to all. Just like OJ, doing it in Buffalo now at this point in his career. That was a great uh, diversion topic off of Frank Gore. <laughs> Isn't that, isn't that what's so great about this show and podcasting? Hey, we're not getting philosophical tonight. So no. T- no, no, no. We, we don't have time for that. Well, yeah, so shout out to Frank Gore, the king of 15, 15 carries for 65 yards and no touchdowns. Now, Frank Gore is an all-timer. You know what else is an all-timer, Tug? What's that? Harry's Razors. An all-time great razor we talk about Frank Gore's long longevity, guys. He's been in the league for, I think, 14 or 15 years. We've been working with Harry's since the fall of 2015. I got to shave. I got the mustache. I got to shave this week. I'm going to use my amazing five-blade German-engineered razor. And what I love is it's that time of year when you get your loved one some Harry's for the holiday season. Listeners of Dirty Sports can get $5 off any Harry's shave set by heading to harrys.com forward slash dirty. Free shipping on that is available until December 16th. It ends on December 16th, so act now. It's a great practical gift. I know your man your dad, your brother, whoever, they will love it. It's a great stocking stuffer as a secret Santa as well. As a special offer for fans of the show, we've partnered with Harry's once again to give you $5 off on any shave set, including their limited edition holiday sets when you go to harrys.com forward slash dirty, plus you'll get free shipping. Each Harry's shaving set comes with a weighted handle. Well, they removed the word ergonomic. A weighted handle with option to engrave, five-blade razor with cartridges, Foaming shave gel for a rich lather, travel blades, I'm sorry, travel cover to protect your blades, packaged in a handsome holiday box. It really, I'm not just saying this, it really is an amazing gift. They've sent us the gifts uh, usually every year, and it's a great gift. I've sent them to my brothers, I've given them to my brothers, they always love them. Guys, free shipping ends on December 16th, so act now, go to harrys.com forward slash dirty, that's harrys.com forward slash dirty. We alluded to the game earlier. Panthers Saints. I said I said the spread, and I was a little worried early, but I was like, this spread is 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 too too much. 
you know, Carolina could have won that game. But what does it come back to? Tug, I love how you and your dad have had this conversation forever. What does it come back to? We talked about it last episode. Kicking. Bad kickers. Where can we find them? In the whole world, soccer is the most popular sport in the world. And we all use our feet. Can't find 32 kickers in the world. We can't find 20. Can't find 10. Yeah. How far was that, that field goal? I was watching it live. What was it like 37? Oh, you know what? I happen to have a stat. I happen to have a tug nug for this because, you know what, we were all incensed. There was a nice tweet going around the dirtball community about how bad kickers are. This is from NFL Research. According to Next Gen Stats, Joey Sly's 28-yard field goal try with two minutes left in the fourth had a 93.5% chance of being made. It had the highest field goal probability of any missed field goal this season. 28. Yeah. A couple extra points missed. Chippy field goal missed. It's the game. That's it. That's all she wrote. To me, that's the equivalent of the guy bricking the wide open layup where there's no defenders near him at the end of the basketball game. I, I mean, 28, that's just, to me, that's the equivalent. I can honestly say this right now. If I went out and kicked 20, 28 yarders, I bet you I'd make 40% of them. 40%? <laughs> um, what do you think? If I kick 20, so that's eight, right? So do, do I make eight out of 20? I mean, twenty-eight. First, first of all, I smell a video happening. But second of all, I think I make 14. I just lowballed myself. Yeah. I, I think I make all 20. No chance. 28 yarder. Where, where are we doing this at? Santa Monica College. Isn't that where Ocho Cinco and Steve Smith Sr. went? That's correct. It's a fun fact there. That's a that's a that's a rug tug nug. That's a rug tug nug. Aaron, what do you think? I think we have to do this. Absolutely. It wouldn't take long. It'd be How so- many would Prano make? He's tall. He's like you. He's tall, lanky. I think Prano would do well too. Who who wins, Joe or Andy? In a field goal kickoff. I put Ruther at seven. Does it help me being smaller? Joe at, Joe at twelve. Wow. Seven. Wow. Prano <laughs> minus five. The, the, guys, Jesus. guys and gals, you've heard it here first. Get the market started on Twitter and let's do this. The twenty eight yard field goal challenge. Joe versus Andy. He gave him a five-point advantage. Five points. And I mean no offense by that. I mean, it's just, it's like a baseball bat, you know, like like longer bats that have more carry. Joe's got a long leg. Like, it's probably going to have some some nice give to it. You know, like he'll, he'll, he'll put some distance. He'll put some, he'll put some distance. The Aaron rationale is wild. Aaron, name one kicker in the NFL who's more of Joe's build versus my build. They're all my build. They're little guys. Most of the time, but they have like... A lot of experience kicking and so stuff. So that debunks your argument of his long legs. But no, I mean, look at Janikowski. Janikowski's probably six foot, maybe. Probably 5'10". I mean, we're not talking about experienced trained kickers here. I'm just talking about pure physics. You gave him you gave him five. You almost doubled the amount he, you think he's going to get than on me. 12 versus five. I'm sorry, seven. Five-point advantage. And where do you put Tug? 
I put Zack Ryder on 11, 12, same thing. I want to be Joe. I know that. I should say 13. But that brings us back to the point of the kickers being horrible. Some bad kicking. We saw it in the, the monsoon uh, in New England. Some bad, you know, obviously I, I give them a little bit of uh, leeway in that game. Um, the a kicker for Tampa Bay missed a couple um, today. Just all around. I'm sure. Oh, Ro- Rosas for the Giants has missed, I think, in five games, five games in a row. Yeah. Either four or five games in a row he's missed a field goal. So it's a disaster. Uh, Panthers probably season's going to go it's just going to go away now but Allen bounced back today he played well people were coming for him played well today uh, Michael Thomas is on historic pace now so, I, I heard multiple announcers say if you don't mention him in the MVP race agree or disagree I might disagree because it's just he's awesome this year but I, I think the 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 Saints are probably still seven I, and three without you know without him. Or whatever. I agree. I agree as well. It it doesn't. It's no offense to me. He's awesome. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't yeah. negate the season he's having. But I heard multiple announcers just say, "Oh, he's not being mentioned." I mean, did Jerry Rice ever win an MVP? I have to go to the stats over there. I don't know. I mean, I'd, I'd be shocked if the. Uh, Outside of him, if a wide receivers ever won the MVP, but that that game, you know, the Saints run to the Super Bowl. I have a little; it gives me a little pause when games like this happen. The the recent loss to the Falcons, but those are our divisional games. It's tough to win those divisional games when everyone knows what everyone else is what else does. I'd like to see if the Saints. If you're a Saints fan, you obviously want to see them be indoors. You don't want to see them go out to Le- Levi Field play the Niners or or go go to Seattle or wherever. Yeah. So, I think they're they're a game I mean they're they're the same record as the Seahawks right now. Um So, and they beat the Seahawks earlier. That's right. Thanks to Teddy B. In Seattle. That's correct. Teddy B didn't need that dome. Nah, his gloves travel. <laughs> Uh, let's whip around the league a little bit. Let's see what let's see what else we got. Uh... Did you, did you look up that stat, Aaron? I did. Yeah. No, uh, a receiver has never won MVP. The only receivers who've ever received a vote were Jerry Rice and Sterling Sharp, and Randy Moss. Sterling Sharp. That's a good nug. Not Shannon, the former Green Bay Packer wide receiver. Yeah. What's was... Ster- what a great name. Excellent. What's he up to these days? He did ESPN for a minute when he had his early retirement. I don't know. That's a great, by the way, that's a great R&B album, the Sharp Brothers. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, like, those guys didn't drop like an R&B, like a, like a 90s R&B album. What, what else do you want to get to? We, we have to mention, we'll, st- we'll stay in the AFC, I'm sorry, NFC South. Uh, I mean, it wouldn't be a dirty sports episode without mentioning the Tampa Bay Bucks. Jameis Winston is the most feast or famine quarterback ever. I mean, yeah, he had a pick, he had a couple pick, oh, at least one pick, two bad picks, two picks, three touchdowns, three hundred yards. Chris Godwin had one hundred eighty yards, one hundred eighty four yards, seven catches, two TDs. You know, you know, you all, know all, all that talk, all that talk last week about the the Falcons' defense being back. Well, but you know what's funny? In the dome, giving up thirty. Joe and I both took the Bucks. Yeah, it's true. That's like, true. Like I saw this coming. I just I don't know I I just I just felt this was going to happen. Um, I want to bring up Mike Evans though. 
Sure. I mean, let's just be honest. Mike Evans bailed out Johnny Manziel at Texas A&M, and now he's bailing out Jameis Winston. I wouldn't use this game as a reference because he only had like 54 or whatever. I'm not using this game, but I'm using, you know. No, Mike Evans is great. Do you know he's the first receiver? I saw a stat. I should have written it down. See, that's the difference between me and you. You you come prepared with tug nugs. I just try to go off the top of my head with rug nugs. I believe it was he's the first rec- he's something I, is this his sixth year or something? Whatever he is, he's the first receiver to do something in six years. That's, <laughs> That's one of the worst. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh Rutherism. When you when you listen to this, please quote that stat. <laughs> oh my god. All right. So despite the uh, the vagueness of that sentence, I got the stat. It's He's the first wide receiver in the NFL in six years to do something. No, I said in their first six years to oh. do something. Here it is. Okay. <laughs> so Mike Evans is the second player in NFL history with at least 1,000 receiving yards in each of his first six seasons joining Randy Moss. There so. it is. And A.J. Green was almost there, but then he got hurt. No, Mike Evans is, is very good. I mean, that, you know. Maybe I've, not in the yak department. Not, the, not, not known for his yak. No. But. I basically said that stat, by the way. I was close. Remind me of that stat you said one time. I, I want to remember this forever. I said Mike Evans was the first receiver, which apparently I was wrong. He was the second. First receiver to do something the first six years of his career. <laughs> All-time classic. It's so good. It's so good. Oh, man, that's great. That's great. Well, what else we got? I mean, uh, the Bills uh, handle the Broncos, move to eight and three. Their schedule gets tough. They, I said, that, you know, months ago they're a lock for the playoffs. I'm their schedule is not easy coming home. They got the Cowboys. Tug, you're right. They are a lock. Eight and three. They're making it, and that's another game Joe lost. I, I just want to say, I know he's obviously not on the show. Joe and I had six different picks this week. That six different. I came into this week with a. Six-point lead. So far, there have been five games that we've had different. I have gotten all five right. I mean, this is this is an epic disaster for Prano. Prano, heading into Monday night, at best, if he gains a game, will be down 10 points to me with five weeks left. I don't know about this, but I think no one's had a deficit that big with that few amount of weeks. So I think Joe's looking at that L chain. And he's looking hard at it. And he's basically going to have to throw Hail Marys the next five weeks and just pick games that aren't going to happen and pick against me. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting watching where that L chain. <laughs> Somehow I get, t- I, get, I, get, I get thrown in this text chain where you guys are talking about your wins and losses. You got, you got snippy with me. I did. Tug, tug snap back at me. I snapped at him because he's like he goes because like any bad gambler out there, he he taunts his wins, and I'm not even affiliated with his bet. Well, I said this week so far, I've gotten ten games right. Did you have the Niners? No, mm. but I've gotten ten games right, and you and Joe have gotten. I have six. You have six. So before that game, I said I've doubled you guys. Yeah. So all the dirt balls who talk all this trash. I'm whooping Prano's ass. So maybe, just maybe, Joe should talk to me before he makes his guaranteed picks. And maybe you should talk to me before you place your bets with your bookie. Look, my, my best bets of the day were 
I had two out of three. I I, I like the Broncos. Lost there. I love the Jets. You and I both like the Jets. Yeah. Said that. And, you know, thankfully the uh, the, the Patriots didn't uh, want to score a touchdown or kick a field goal late and the Cowboys cover. Yeah. So I'll take two and one on the day. But, um, yeah, any, any, other, any other games out there for us? No, I thought, you know what? This has been an efficient and well-oiled machine, this show so far. I do want to ask you before we wrap this bad boy up. Michigan, big game this week. Any like what? What chance? Like, give me out of zero to one hundred, what percent chance does Michigan have? Fifty-one percent chance. Oh my God, you've lost your mind, Tug Coker. No. Look, I think Michigan is definitely going to cover whatever the line is. I think they have a very good chance of winning this game. Um, Michigan, first of all, was favored in this game to start the year. That that means nothing. I you would think, but Michigan's also playing its best football of the year right now. Their offense is they're they're playing well. Can they beat Ohio State? No. I mean it's very hard for for Michigan to beat Ohio State. It happens very rarely. Um but the game is in the big house. Uh they're underdogs. They have a chip on their shoulder. I expect this game to be very competitive. Now when Ohio State wins fifty four to sixteen I'll look back on this episode and, and kind of laugh at myself. But as of right now, I think Michigan has a shot to win this game. I want to say it's going to be a close game. But, man, that defense in Ohio State, that Chase Young, man, is game changer like you were saying. I hope the Ruther curse hears this. I don't give Michigan much of a chance. Thank you. Yes. I have already received yes. a Thust Fund donation. Earlier, like like I think before the year even started, I just think Ohio State owns Michigan. They own that plot of land. Ann Arbor is owned by the state of Ohio. Oof. And in particular, they've owned that space in Harbaugh's head. Harbaugh's had how many That's games? How many games has Harbaugh had against Michigan? Or I'm sorry, against Ohio State. Three? I think so. Yeah. This could be the turning point of his tenure. In Ann Arbor. But if you lose again to non-Urban Meyer, it's like, bro, come on. Here we are again. We'll see. I mean, I think I think for the first time in a couple of years, I think the game's going to be a good one. So maybe it's just uh, wishful thinking, but um, I like where Michigan sits right now. I think, I think the public feels that Ohio State is going to destroy Michigan, so... I, I like being on the, on the other side of that. Yeah, well, you might be taking a fat L there. You might be wearing the L chain as well. Can I ask you two NFL questions before we go just so I can hear your thoughts and we can get out of here? Yeah. One, well, actually, I'm going to give a tug nug. Uh, this is from... Does the folder of your phone say tug nug? No, but it should. Mike Clay from ESPN gave us out earlier tonight. Um, Ryan Tannehill... Playing well. Playing great. They, they got, he's got him back in the playoff hunt. Yeah. Tannehill, when Tannehill starts for the, for the Tennessee Titans, that's five games now, he averages 3.8 touchdowns per game. The Ravens currently lead the NFL this season with 3.6 touchdowns per game. Tannehill is better than Lamar Jackson. 
Hot take alert. <laughs> um, but secondly, I want to ask you about this. Let's just uh, thoughts on the Raiders. Their season was lost today. It's over. Yes, I'm going to go that far. I I don't like to be that person. I think it was lost today. I'm sorry, Aaron. I just. It's not because they lost. It's because of how they lost. They took an absolute beating to the Jets. And I know they've traveled more than any team. They've documented that. They showed the the stat, the, the thousands of miles that the Raiders have traveled. And I know that's going to end up on any... Like, it's going to show wear and tear on anybody. But I just... You can't... You just cannot lose... That badly, thirty-four to three, to uh, a bad Jets team. And I, I haven't even looked at the Raiders' schedule. I just think I think that was the nail in the coffin, which sucks. I was hoping the Raiders made a nice little playoff push. I was hoping that they would compete against KC. Got KC this week. Well, that's how they have to write the ship. They have to win. Is that in Arrowhead too? It is. I agree with you, honestly. I, I watched that game and I was just it was awful on like every facet of the game. They didn't even, they barely averaged two hundred yards total of offense that game. And their defense I mean, the Jets looked like a fucking all star team against them. And then also to Tuck's point, I'm glad you brought up the the, the, the Titans because I was watching them and I was thinking, if you were to look at the games today and just base the the NFL power rankings, you would look at the Titans and be like, The Titans are the best team in the fucking NFL right now. And the Raiders are the worst team in the NFL. Just based off today, their performances. The Titans have been playing awesome lately. Mm. Raiders had an Aaron, awful game. I would say the 49ers, also based off their performance, would be the number one. They right, beat right. The- but, I'm, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm not saying take this literally. But I'm saying if you look at how they're <laughs> playing lately. <laughs> oh, oh, Aaron take alert. Twerks take. The Titans are, are been on fire. I don't see them losing the AFC South. And the Raiders wait, are, wait, are for wait. sure done. Wait, you're already giving, this is great. You're already giving the AFC South to the Titans now? Yeah. Not the Texans? Or the Colts? Maybe Texans, uh, but I think the Titans are better than the Colts. Well, what's interesting about this is that after the Raiders play in Kansas City, they play the Titans at home. Yeah, we're losing. Then you, so it, the schedule's not terrible. You have Titans, Jags at home, then you go on the road to finish the year with at Chargers, at Broncos. Well, that's a home game in L.A. Well, I'm, I'm, did I just say the schedule's not that bad? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. basically a home game. Well, correct. I was optimistic putting them around 10-6 and six, had they won today. But after, I mean, maybe a couple of bounce-back games here and there where they beat some teams they should beat, but playoffs are done. You're, you're in a good situation because the Broncos don't want to win that last game of the year. They want, they want to secure yeah. a draft, draft spot. The Chargers might be out of the playoffs. Bro. Come on, but here, but here, but here's a yeah, stat yeah. I have from uh, Evan Silva came out with this stat early, earlier tonight. The Raiders are six and five, but they've been outscored by fifty six points. That's wild. So, when they lose, they lose. They get, they get crushed. Well, that was thirty one point difference today. Half, that's half of it right there. Yeah, but Philip Rivers, the AFC South, Houston seven and four. Colts six and five, Titans six and five. Who's coming out of that? I don't know. I still like the Colts or the Texans. That's a very interesting um, 
division. Is Philip Rivers done? I think he's done. I think he's done in, L, uh, in L.A. You think he's done out here? There's whispers he wants to play in Tennessee, but why would Tennessee want him when they have the MVP, Ryan Tannehill? You got to talk to my co-host on that. He was battling a dirt ball about that. Really? Yep. Well, we'll maybe see. maybe we'll have to get a former Charger in here to discuss that. Huh? You know any you know any former Chargers who've maybe been guests on the show who might want to come on this week? I can think of one. Yeah. Me too. Maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll see if I can get him on the show. Do it. But that is our show today. Dirt balls. We're making it quick. Doug's got a family. We gave two and a half last week. Yeah. Two and a half. And I'll be honest, I feel good. I feel this was a very efficient show. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. Drop an iTunes review. Leave your Twitter handle, and I will send you koozies. I got a bunch more koozies I'll be sending out tomorrow. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Our apologies that we could not go live. Once again, our friends over at Mevo slash YouTube. I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to try to get this corrected. It only happens on Sunday night for some reason. Follow Joe Prano at Fix Your Life. Go see him live. Uh, and follow him on Instagram at Joe Prano. Go to JoePrano.com. My man on my left, Tug Coker. He know he wants to hear from you guys on social media. I love chopping it up on social. At Tug Coker on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you so much to everyone for letting me be a part of the show. Joe, shout out as always. Thank you to you and to Andy, to Twerks. Uh, love being part of the Dirtball community. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And if you want to... Give takes worse than twerks. Where can they find you, twerks? They can share their bad takes with you. Follow me on Twitter at DS Interns and follow me on Instagram at Aaron Maharis. I swear my takes aren't as bad as Ruther makes them out to be. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'd love to. Uh, you know what I want? Chop up with you as well. This is what I want. This is what I want this week. I want dirtballs to tweet at DS Interns and at the Dirty Sports. Tweet your favorite awful Aaron takes because he's coming up on a year. Yeah, yeah. again, I love the guy. He's come up with some crazy... Aaron, you know I love it? Because, like, I have been shit on for takes. I almost have, like, a rival for crazy takes. <laughs> so I enjoy it. It's good stuff. I appreciate that. And we're, and we're going to have fun at the game tomorrow. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. You guys are always great. Thank you for all the support. Have a great week. And most importantly, stay dirty. <laughs>